This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50 Podcast. My guest today is Monica Ricky, and we're going to talk about letting go or being dragged and how life constantly comes at us and gives us opportunities to pick ourselves up and continue to keep moving forward. Monica, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Greg. I'm so excited to meet you. Well, I'm excited that you survived all that you did so that we could be talking here. I'm going to tell people a little bit about your story and you can expound. Over the span of four months in 2020, Monica lost her marriage, two homes, a business, and the illusion of a secure future. She had two choices, fall apart or forge ahead. And I will let you take it from there, Monica. You can fill in a few of those details for us because that's, that's a lot. It, it is a lot. And it was a year of destruction, 2020 was, for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. And I'll tell you what, COVID was the least of my worries in 2020, honestly. It really was. If I just had to nutshell it, I, I blew up my life. And when I say that I lost my marriage, two homes and a business, it wasn't like they were torn away from me. Uh, it was my creation. It was my doing. The process of undoing a life of 24 years with a partner involves losing things, right? So even though we sold our homes, um, I still lost them rapidly. Yeah. And one of them was a vacation rental home that I ran for 12 years as a second business. And I loved it. I loved the house. I loved the property. I loved running the business. I loved the guests, all of it. And all of a sudden, it's just gone. It's like everything, bam, 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 bam. It's just, even though I started the ball rolling, you know, even though you get on a roller coaster, you'll still scream when you go down the big hill. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you That's got on that willingly, but man, that hill. So yeah. it was kind of like that. And, and I just felt like I was on a roller coaster out of control, no hands and not the fun kind. Yeah, But, um, you know, I just had to, I had to pull myself together and I had to lean on people. That was the year of leaning on people. And that was unfamiliar to me. And, and that's one of my biggest lessons I took out of that experience was that even though, you know, you might always be the strong one, you might always be the person that people come to for your level head and your sound advice and your sympathetic shoulder, you also need to learn to lean on other people. And that was a skill that 2020 forced me to learn. Like I was on my knees and literally and figuratively on my knees. And so that was a gift for me to be able to realize that people want to contribute that in that way to be there for you. So Would you say you, I, I, let me just back up for a second. Anytime I've had to make a big life decision, like I got divorced. My first marriage was kind of a sort of a sample of what marriage could or couldn't be. Hopefully could never be like that one. Again, it was only a year and a half. God love him. But I thought I agonized for months and I knew I was going to do it. I just couldn't pull the plug. I was living in Manhattan. Luckily, the apartment was technically mine. And so, you know, I was still going to have a home, unlike having to sell anything and have be homeless. But 
did you agonize or would you just like, I got to go and I'm into this right now? I agonized. And the interesting thing, Greg, is that my conscious agonizing was only probably several months. My unconscious under the surface agonizing was years. And it was years that I silenced that part of myself. I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't want her to speak. I didn't want her to jeopardize the good thing we had going. But ultimately, if you don't listen to those quiet voices, they have to become louder and louder and louder and louder. Yeah. And eventually one day you listen. And so I would say that it was a long and protracted process that I only became aware of. Somebody let you in on the situation. Right. <laughs> right. Your little inner voice. Did your health suffer during this time? Interestingly, my health was part of the reason why I allowed my inner voice to become louder. In 2019, I had embarked on this health journey on this, what turned out to be a complete transformation of everything. I just wanted to work out a little. Right. <laughs> That's all I wanted was to work out a little. I ended up completely transforming my body and my mind. And that was when all these thoughts came like knocking on the door that I hadn't listened to for a long time. Like mm. there's more for you. There is more for you. <laughs> right. So that's such an interesting thing because I had taken charge of my health, because I had put my health and my fitness, my well-being at the head of my priorities. And I was focusing on what I needed that that voice was able to be heard. I was able to hear it. And that's what started the whole cascade. So you talk about that time where you decided to, in 2019, you decided to start strength training and you went from being a soft, fluffy, average American woman. I love that. To being a strong, lean, muscular woman and the, with the body that you wanted in your 20s, but could never achieve. What, yeah. what is it or was it in 2019 that allowed you to achieve that? What changed for you? I love this conversation. It sort of sneaked up on me, truly. I definitely joined a Facebook challenge like you do. <laughs> My finger just roamed around on the thing. Right. I saw joined. a Facebook challenge show up and it said, new year, you know how new year things happen. New, new year, year, new you, right? Exactly. It was 12 minutes a day, 12 days in a row of exercise. That's it. That's it. It was so innocent, like a little kitten. So I, I went, oh, okay, I can do that. Even a loser like me can do 12 minutes of exercise a day. That's what I thought at the time. And I had been like many people exercising, working out in fits and starts for many, many years. You know, you do it for a couple of months and then you slack off or you do it for a little bit and then you don't see results and you, it ebbs, it flows. You never really kind of dig in. And I just, I thought, you know what? 12 minutes, 12 days, I'm in. Well... On day 13, when the group is gone, nobody's there. Nobody's waiting on your selfie at the end of your exercise. You have to decide who are you going to be now on day 13? Are you going to stay on this nice track you've started? Or are you going to just start sleeping in again? And day 13 was where things really turned around. And I had this feeling in myself wow, look at me. I did 12 days of something in a row at 5.30 in the morning. And granted, it's only 12 minutes, but it's something. But it's and, the showing and, and up. Felt, it's not the 12 minutes, right? That's it. It's exactly it. 
ding, ding, ding. It's the showing up for yourself. It's the commitment to yourself. That's why the group is helpful. The group is like training wheels. It, it gives you that accountability until you can build it for yourself. It gives you external accountability till you can get internal accountability. And then day 13, I thought, man, I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm going to keep doing this. And then I started going from 12 minutes and I just added two minutes. And then I would be on 14 minutes for like five or six days. Then I'd add a couple more minutes and I was up to 25 minutes. And then I started to get curious, like, Ooh, I wonder what else I can do. I wonder if I could get, get a little weight bench or, you know, get some bands. I, I was just becoming immersed. And then I found the magical thing, which is community on fitness, Twitter. Oh, it's the same thing, huh? It's a thing. There's, you know, there's communities for everything on Twitter, gaming and crypto. And, you know, yeah. they're not listed anywhere. They're just people, but yeah. you know, people like-minded people tend to find each other. And I found a mentor and that was what really set things in motion. He fixed how I was eating and I began to see the fat really fall off and I began to see the muscles develop. And I was in the, I'm not kidding you. My gosh, I was in the bathroom one day and my hair is, you know, long and I was drying my hair and you know how you have a dryer in one hand and a brush in the other hand. Well, I'm in a reenactment. I had a dryer in this hand and I had a brush in this hand and I'm looking in the mirror and I go, Whose arm is that? <laughs> like, I just, I, I was, I was unfamiliar with this, this thing in the mirror. And I was like, my, what is happening? Cause it happened so slowly. I'm just going to say for the people that won't see this on YouTube, that was a muscle she was looking at in her arm that she didn't recognize as her <laughs> arm because it right. had a muscle. <laughs> it was a big old bicep. And I was thinking, oh, that's crazy. I don't recognize that. And it was just this transformation, this slow transformation and this momentum. And when you start to see results, that is powerful fuel for your motivation and your inspiration because Absolutely. you begin to see what is possible for you. And that's when all the mind stuff started happening. Like, well, what else is possible? What else have you been settling for in your life? Oh, settling. Oh, yes. Yeah. So many yeah. people do. A sort of a transition back to the 2020 ball you started rolling Day 13, by the way, I want you to name your book Day 13. It's one of those magical numbers. People either hate it or they have, you know, some attachment to it. But in the same way, like Day 13, you said there was no group. No one is waiting for yourself. You were all alone. In 2020, you decided to blow up your life. You were all alone. And in both yeah. ways, even though your community might have been smaller, the people you leaned on in 2020, you found some people, a community. And I have interviewed dozens of people on this. We can't say it enough. Reach out for help with people that are like-minded, going through where you've been, what you've been through already. Just find some people, people, you know, share the love, share the grief, share all this stuff. It is known to be good for our hearts and our brains. Never mind. It feels good. So back to you. I just had to make that connection. I love that. And thank Thank you for making that connection. I had never put that together, but you're absolutely right. The community that held me up when I was falling apart was a different one, but the idea is the same, you know, inspire us. The people in our lives inspire us and we have to be around the right people. Oh yeah. That's a whole other talk show right there, right? It's it sure discerning. Is. Yeah. I just, just put thing on Instagram the right about people. the toxicity. It, a lot of people talk about toxic relationships, but I think it bears yeah. repeating because we underestimate the impact of toxicity, whether it's a relationship, an environment, the soap we use in the bath, whatever. Because we're so used to, you were like, I didn't want to talk to myself about the problems I was experiencing. I didn't want to 
I was the last one that was in on the story. So you were agonizing, right? I think we just get to the point where things are not well or we don't feel as good and we go like, eh, just the way it is. But I don't think we should settle, as you said, for just the way it is. I have to agree with you. And, and you know, we do get into that sort of complacency where if it's not, here's the thing, if it's not bad enough, that's the worst, that's the worst place. Yeah. Because it's pretty good. Yeah. So, so it lulls you into this sense of that's all right. I can live with this. Yeah. And then years go by. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you had a 24 year marriage and all the other things you built years go by for myself. I finally left a career as a chef and went into being life coaching, business coaching. And I held on those last few years. I don't resent it. I loved my clients. I was private chef. But when I look back and I think, what if I had started three years earlier? What if I hadn't kept taking those cooking jobs? It's not a big regret, but if we settle for what's good enough, we don't know what could be that much better. Why not try something that might feel better? And if it doesn't work, it's no big deal. Or you can go back. Sometimes you can't. You blow up your life. You're not necessarily going to be able to put it back together in the same way. But as you have proven, you could put together a pretty good life. So tell us about your life today. Well... Interestingly, when my husband and I split, I took about six months living with a friend to kind of just figure out what was next for me. Where was I going to live? Right. Because I was already coaching by Zoom. So that wasn't really an issue. Thank God I wasn't changing my work at the same time I was changing all this other stuff. But I just had this thought I can live everywhere. Mm. So I became nomadic. I hatched this. Like what seemed like to everyone else, a Looney Tunes plan to live on the road. And it made so much sense to me. And I thought I have people all over the country that I haven't seen in a long time. Nobody's been traveling. It's been 2020. Mm -hmm. And I can go and stay with people and work from the road. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And it is absolutely glorious. I love it so much. I don't have a camper. I just drive and I have a minivan and I have a lot of stuff in it. But I just drive and I stay with people, colleagues, friends, family, sometimes brand new people that I meet along the way. And sometimes I stay four or five nights. Sometimes I stay four or five weeks. Just depends on what we work out. And then I move on. And it has been such an enriching experience. Plus, I've gotten to see places I haven't been before. I'm going to get to go to Maine this year, which is so cool because I haven't I been to Maine yet. Yeah, I love Maine. And right now I'm up in New England and it's fall. And as I look out this window here, there are these amazing orange and gold trees. And I'm getting to reconnect with the people in my life and getting to know people I hadn't known before. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's been that sounds um, wonderful. incredible. Yeah, I can ditto the fall leaves this year. We had a really serious drought here in Jersey during the summer, and I was afraid we wouldn't have had such a glorious fall because maybe there wasn't enough sugar in the maples or something. But it's beautiful beyond uh, like words. And it's just I'm a person who grew up on the East Coast, even though I lived in California as an adult. I like the seasons and fall is my favorite possibly spring might be second. So I'm in my heyday right now with all the leaves blowing around. That's so funny. What you said is so funny because I go through this every single year. Fall, oh my gosh, 
fall is my favorite. And then spring comes. Oh, no, no, no spring. It's definitely spring. And then fall comes. Oh, fall. I think fall is. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it is <laughs> ridiculous, as somebody says. Yeah. But I, but you know what I, I love about that whole idea is that we get to. We can have fall be our favorite. And then when spring comes along, we don't want her to feel bad. So we're like, no, no, you're my favorite. Like we're high, in high school or grade school. You're my best friend. No, no, no. You're my best friend. You're right. So you oh. coach women on finding ways to get unstuck, unfrustrated, getting the same results year after year. What would you say is the most, or if, if there is even a most common thing among your clients, not your corporate clients, because I know you do that as well. But individual women, what do you think keeps us in the place of feeling stuck and it's never going to change? Lack of belief in ourselves. Just just a, a lack of understanding how truly fantastic we are. That holds us back. And when I say us, I mean us. I mean me. I mean, oh, we yeah. all... Day to right? day. You and I do this for a living. We still have those blocks. Absolutely. And I struggle not struggle. I hate the word struggle. I am faced with the same challenges every single person on planet earth is faced with who is in the process of growing and learning and expanding. Every day I get to choose. Who am I going to be today? Who do I want to be today? You know, people who look at someone who's made a physical transformation, for example, and they think, oh, oh, well, that it's easy for that person. Oh, oh, she's got abs and, you know, fabulous arms and great legs. It's easy for her. No, I got to do the same stuff every day that you got to do. Yeah. I just happen to be farther along down the road than you. That's all. My results show a little differently. Mm -hmm. But if I stop doing the thing that got me here, I'm going to go right back to where I was. Yeah. So I have that head battle every day. I get up. What am I going to do today? How am I going to move my body today? What am I going to eat today? It's never easy. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's never ending. Our reptilian brain is more powerful than the executive part of our brain. Sad to say, but it's older, right? Older, wiser, maybe not so much wiser, but in reality, it's wiser. We just don't have the same stressors and things around us that are dangerous. But that reptilian brain will help us stay on the couch because it's comfortable, go back to the foods we like because it's comfortable, dismiss science because it's easier. It's that tin hat thing. New science comes along. Some people embrace it. Some people are like, oh no, because 10 years ago, somebody told me this and I believe that. We hold on to some of those things we heard from other people. And that also informs whether we have the motivation. So it's good that you say that because I think, like you said, people listening who may want to coach or have some support from somebody they see further down the road, down the path, they're like, must be easy. They must be naturally thin or naturally muscular. Let me just tell you, people, when you get into your 60s, there's no such thing as a natural muscle. The natural muscles all want to go on vacation permanently. So you have to work at it. Same as when you're in your you 50s do. and 40s. But let me just say it gets a little bit more. You have to get a little bit more serious about it. You do. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, when my mentor fixed my food program, that made all the difference. I mean, yeah. all the difference. And there's a lot more that goes into it when you're past a certain age. Your body's so resilient in your 20s and 30s. You can live with chronically under eating protein. But when you get into your 40s and 50s and 60s, you need more and more and more protein. Your body is literally made of protein in many aspects. There's so mm -hmm. many things. And and we're not taught that. And that's just one simple shift that, you know, that I made that people can, can make that help you uh, see the results that you've been working so stinking hard for and you're not seeing. Yeah. 
it's so it's it's availing yourself of this community that has these experiences that they can share with you because you're never going to learn what you need in a vacuum. You're just not. You're just alone with your own thoughts. It's not helpful. Yeah. And or Dr. Google. You can Google yourself into a dither downloading free 10 steps to this and that. And I have things that people can download. I'm not dismissing those things out of hand. What I'm Mm -hmm. saying is if you use those things, at least get a buddy who has the same goal so that you can hold each other up and hold each other accountable rather than just, as you said, staying in the vacuum of your own head. It's never. Yeah. My head wants me to eat Cheetos, although I haven't had Cheetos in a long time. Every once in a while, I'll see a commercial in passing. I'm like, wow, new cool Doritos. That would be so fun. And then I think of the headache that I get when I eat that stuff. Occasionally, we'll have the kids over, we'll get stuff. And I'm like, nope, no headache is worth a Dorito anymore. As I've gotten older, I've gotten sensitive. I just don't want to do yeah. that to myself. Do you no, have any foods you know, like that that trigger you? No, I don't. I am really fortunate in that I can pretty much eat anything with no consequence other than like, I find that too much plant matter, too much vegetable bloats me. So I stay away from most vegetables and definitely, definitely beans, beans, chickpeas, those kind of things. So I eat mostly animal products and eggs. But to answer your question, I'm fortunate in that I don't have allergies per se, or get serious reactions like that. I think that food sensitivities and allergies are an actual like you're going to get a reaction that you're going to be able to tell right away right sensitivity a lot of people go through life with food sensitivities they don't know they have they have maybe have their sniffly nose they're used to it you decided you recognize your body didn't do well when you ate too many vegetables right that made you feel uncomfortable you took them out you feel better that's like the body people say my body doesn't talk to me yes it does you just need to tune in even when you don't like the information you're getting Oh, but I want to eat donuts for breakfast. Okay, great. If you want to crash at 10 o'clock and then be hungry right after doing that. Absolutely. We always get the choice. Isn't that liberating to know that we always have a choice? Yeah, every day. So have the donut on Monday, but try something else on Tuesday. Give your body a chance to speak to you about both sides. Do you do any food sensitivities testing with people? I do not. I will tell you though, and I'll share with your listeners and viewers that one of the easiest ways to identify what's causing whatever the symptoms are that you're experiencing. This is going to sound radical, but is to eliminate everything but meat and see what happens. You sort of give yourself a reset because meat is very rarely the cause of anything. So if you eliminate everything but meat and then you begin to add one thing back at a time, you can isolate pretty quickly what it is that is aggravating you. So if you go all meat for seven or 10 days, notice how you feel. Then you add back, let's say dairy, and then you notice how you feel. It takes a commitment, but it's free. Right. (laughs) But it it really is the easiest way to find out because you'll, you tune into what your body is saying, no matter what your blood work might or might not say, your body will tell you. And you're absolutely right. You said something You said your body will talk to you. And that's exactly what we talked about earlier. If we come full circle around your inner knowing is always talking, Mm -hmm. but we aren't always listening. And your body is also always talking. The question is, are we listening? Am I paying attention? And that's so much of what maturity is about, I think, is about learning to pay attention to what you are saying in the physical and the unconscious ways that you haven't been listening to before. Yeah. And it takes an intention to listen rather than doing an elimination diet or deciding to listen every time you eat something. How do I feel? 
how long did I feel okay? Or did I not feel okay right after I eat? Like though that's an intentional process. It's not, please body speak to me. And then we're on to the next thing. We're on social media. We're working. We're busy. We never take time to listen. I think people eat too quickly. And right after your meal, or even while you're eating is a really good time to tune in and see how does this food make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then you can extrapolate. I, I get so encouraged when I will have a call with a client and they will say, well, I noticed that when I did this, that this happened and I just mm-hmm. get, Oh, that's so awesome. Because you're, <laughs> you're noticing the art of noticing yeah. is so valuable in life. And we can bring it back full circle to your thing. The art of noticing, that's exactly what you did with your life. Yeah. On day 13, you notice you'd gotten some results, you felt good, but what were you going to do next? In 2020, you decided, you noticed that this was the, we're done not paying attention. And usually people change when they're up against it, right? Physically, especially. If somebody says, oh, I've been trying to lose weight for 20 years and I yo-yo. The day they commit and finally start getting results, I know that they have hit a wall of some kind where they won't go back to that feeling of, and it's usually helplessness. Not always, but a lot of times people who have tried everything, they just haven't tried the thing that's going to work for them, right? But they have no impetus to start if they believe that they've tried everything and nothing will work. Yeah, It's all mindset anyway. Everything starts with the mind. Everything's true. Everything starts with the mind. And, you know, change and commitment start on the inside, but then the results show up on the outside, which is where other people get to witness. And it feels so good. It does. When your energy is different, people respond to you differently. And I guarantee anybody who's listening, and it's not only in your body, but especially in your body, if you make changes and the changes are positive, you enter the room differently. So then your interactions with the energy of the other people is going to be different. You work with corporate, you work with individuals, not just on their body and their life in that way. Mm -hmm. Anytime we make change that has a positive impact, whether it's the bottom line of a business or the culture in a company, that resonates. Energy doesn't stay in a box. We can't put energy in a box. It ripples out. Do you find that that's something that happens with your Absolutely. Absolutely. When you focus on yourself, on on being in alignment with what is important to you, your actions and your values are in alignment. That's huge. That shifts your energy for sure. When you put yourself in rooms and in communities and in relationships that are in alignment with your values and that are supportive, uplifting, positive, that changes your energy and you fill your own bucket. You, You commit to doing what makes you your best version of you. Every single thing that you do is a vote for the person that you want to be. So when you look at your actions, you do an action audit every day, you may say you want to be an athlete or in great shape, for example. And I usually use that because it's something that everyone can understand and relate to. You may say you want to be in great shape, but when you look at your actions, are they in alignment with that desire? And if they're not, that creates resistance. If you say you want to be in great shape and your actions are in alignment, it's effortless. You create flow and you create that sense of centeredness in yourself. Like I'm doing this for me. When you put yourself high on your priority list, it really is magical what can happen around you because you begin to be able to see yourself as more important, number one, more valuable and more powerful. Yeah. I think people underestimate the idea of being powerful. They think leaders are powerful. I'm just a human being. I'm not a leader of anything, right? But power in our own lives means that we feel, like you said, 
we bring something to the table. We have choice. I think that's the thing that every psychologist has said that when you take people's choice away, that's the worst thing on the planet for anybody. So many countries where people can't find work, they're limited in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs are not getting fulfilled at the bottom. So they're never going to rise to self-actualization, right? So our lives, our control means that we are powerful in the world. And that shouldn't be shied away from. We don't have to go out and lead people, just lead our lives. Absolutely. You've got to be leading yourself. You've got to be, you know, I, I look at my life as being me and my partner who is the higher version of me. And we're walking through the world together. And the higher version of me is always counseling and advising and looking at and encouraging my current self mm-hmm. to step into the identity that I want to be, right? And so whether I'm with a partner and like a real human partner or whether I'm single or whatever it is, I still get to be my most solid, centered, grounded, confident, powerful version of me, which shows up in the world in a radically different way than the me from maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. So we're doing. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Tell the listeners how you work with people. I work with people a few different ways. I do private one-on-one coaching. I also do business team coaching. So, and that's around around self-mastery and basically goal setting, personal goal setting. So companies know that when their employees are happier and fulfilled in their personal lives as human beings, and when they invest in them as human beings, everything gets better. The person's life gets better. Their work life gets better. Their productivity gets better. And so that's what I like to create in in a workplace team is a place where people can come and talk about what's important to them. What are they working on that's meaningful to them? How are they doing with their personal goals and their aims and their the person they want to become, right? And the only difference is it's in a group setting. And in the group dynamic, it can be interesting because even people who don't participate every time still get the benefit of the conversation because they're part and parcel of it. Um, The thing I do is I do a monthly Zoom, which is free and open to anyone who wants to come. And we usually have a topic. This month's topic was every day is day one, which is about just having the resilience to continue to start again at whatever it is you're working on and to give yourself grace. And so I introduce a topic and then we have a discussion about it and we check in with accountability for some people who were there last month who wanted to be held accountable for a few things for whatever they're working on. Some people it's fitness, some people it's, I want to get to bed earlier. Some people I want to do the dishes more for my wife, you know, like, whatever it is they're working on, they get a little bit of an accountability group. We had one woman, she's so awesome. She had a real addiction issue with Mountain Dew. Like, apparently that stuff is serious. Hardcore. I don't know. I I probably have had Mountain Dew once in my life and I don't remember liking it, but I understand it's a thing for people. She said the only reason she was able to kick this addiction was because she did not want to come back to these Zooms every month and and tell the group that she had failed. That she, uh-huh. And so she kicked it and, and you know, That's quite huge. accidentally, she lost like 10 pounds too, just because she wasn't I'll having bet. all that sugar. <laughs> this is the power of community. Yeah. And where can people find out about those Zooms? You can direct message me on my Instagram or you can direct message me on my Twitter. And I am at Remaking Monica on Instagram. Oh, 
and just ask for an invitation and I'll be happy okay. to send it over. Okay. And your website is Monica Ricky, R-I-C-C-I dot net. Is that correct? Dot net. Yes. Dot net. Yes. Okay. What do you want to leave the listeners with, Monica? Tie us up with a bow. The bow I want to leave you with today is that you always have a choice and that everything starts in your mind. Whatever is in your mind is going to come out your mouth. <laughs> so when you, when you control what is in your mind and you control what you allow into your mind and through your eyes and your ears, that impacts what comes out your mouth and what comes out your mouth creates your reality. Amen, sister. Thank you very much. Thank you, listeners. I'll be back next week with another episode and a fabulous guest. Be well till next time. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at rebelwell50. Same on Twitter. Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously. 